that wasn't funny or what? I mean, yeah. I like it. Like, <laughs> just waiting for the next game train. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, God damn, crickets, man. <laughs> 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 right. I'll cut out the silence and then it'll just be yeah, a Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> Two on one. A fantasy football podcast. With your host, Steven Bautista. What's up, everyone, and welcome to the two-on-one, a fantasy football podcast. I'm your host, Steven Bautista. Alongside me, as always, the commish, Tommy Molio, and everybody's best friend, Dominic Rickard. Another exciting week in the NFL is in the books. This week didn't provide the fireworks we saw last week, but we still had some pretty good matchups. Baker Mayfield was able to get the Browns their second win of the season in an ugly win against the Ravens. The Browns have now played in three overtime games this season and were finally able to win an extra time. The Rams were able to stay undefeating in a surprisingly close game against the Seattle Seahawks. Big Balls McVay went for it on fourth and inches on their own 42-yard line with 139 left in the game and the Rams only leading by two points. Jared Goff was able to convert a QB sneak, giving the Rams their fifth win of the season. We also had a matchup between the NFL's best offense and best defense. The offense prevailed in this game with the Chiefs beating the Jags 30-14. Mahomes, however, did have his worst game statistically, but good old Blake Bortles was not going to be outdone by him. Bortles was responsible for five turnovers. He threw four interceptions and had one fumble. On an injury front, we lost another starting running back. It was announced that Eagles running back Jay Ajay tore his ACL and will be out for the entire season. Dominic, you think this puts the Eagles in the market for a running back? Um, I think the only good running back that they're going to go after is Bell, and it sounds like Bell's going to come back and play for the Steelers. So I think they're going to fill in with Smallwood and uh, Clement. They also have Sproles on, on the bench coming back from injury. So I think they were running back by a committee before this, and it worked for them last year. So I think they're going to stick with that, that plan. I'll roll right in my quick hit so we can get this going fast. NFL quick hits. Kind of the same, same tone. Uh, the injury bugs taking effect in the NFL, and the buys are coming up. So I'd like to give some injury updates for my quick hits. Uh, reports say that Leonard Fournette for the Jaguars – could be out until week 10, according to Florida Football Insiders. So uh, I'd say Yeldon's owners are at full mass because I know I am. Uh, next one I have is Devontae Freeman is dealing with a bone contusion. Status for Sunday is clearly in doubt. A uh, moment of silence for people who drafted Leonard Hernett and Devontae. <laughs> and then uh, Greg the Leg, Greg Zerline, is probably another week away from returning, according to Sean McVay. This one affects you, Steve. Uh, Colts, T.Y. Hilton, and Doyle not expected to play against the Jets, according to Mike Wells. So I guess it's time to get your Ebron. And last but not least, Cooper White Chocolate Cup uh, concussion took part in Rams walkthrough on Wednesday. So encouraging signs. So you can cup your balls for joy if you own Coop, uh, Cooper Cup. <laughs> Tommy, what are your quick picks? Well, was there any update on Brandon Cooks? Because didn't he get knocked out too? Yeah, he's in concussion protocol as well. I don't think it looks as uh, as promising as Cup. Yeah, that's crazy because it just makes it makes that whole Rams wide receiving core not as potent as they were at the beginning of the season. I mean, they still have Gurley, but without Cooper Cup and and Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods can carry the whole team. But yeah, you know, my quick hits are, are really my my takeaways from this week is is it just me or does it feel like 
everyone in the fantasy world is just being trolled by the NFL. I mean, we have like kickers making the most impact they ever have, but by forgetting how to make field goals, you know, like where's Morton and Gary Anderson when you need them. Every position outside the top 10 seems like a toss up every single week. You know, when you have Isaiah Crowell rushing for 219 yards and a score, like where did that come from? You know, and don't get me started about tight ends. The only one that made sense this past week was Zach Ertz with 110 yards and a score. That's like something you, you're accustomed to seeing. But Eric Ebron, like, where is he coming from? He's averaged 12 points a game all season and then goes off for 31 against New England of all teams. And then the last one, Taysom Hill. Did, did anyone have Taysom Hill even on their radar at all? I'll give someone my house if they bet that Taysom Hill would have had more fantasy points this week than Alvin Kamara. I think it just this week just proves that fantasy football is is all about timing and luck. Yeah, it matters who you draft and who you start and pick up and trades and all that. But at the end of the day, it all comes down to luck. And I think that also rings true for some of the upset wins we saw in the Super Friends League this week. Yeah, I agree with you guys on that. And, and to Tommy's point, I mean, but that's why we love fantasy, right? You know, because it's crazy. And every year somebody has a chance that, you know, maybe doesn't normally have a chance. Like I think in our league, you know, Matt's having, you know, having a good year. So that's that's fantasy football. That's the new NFL. You know, it's like we've talked about it before in other podcasts. It's, I believe, a war of attrition. You know, whoever can stay healthy. And then these, like you said, the kickers as well. You know, Crosby basically costing the Green Bay Packers that game, uh, missing all those field goals. So, yeah, no, definitely, man. It's been a weird year. And um, we'll see what unfolds. I'm shocked. I, I'm shocked Mason Crosby didn't get fired this week. I think it's yeah. just because he has so much seniority there, though. Man, he's been there so long. <laughs> exactly. I mean, his, his body of work, uh, they got to give him another week. But if he misses an extra point or a field goal within the 30 yards, he's getting cut. But as a veteran kicker that's done a lot of work for him, he, he deserved another week. I mean, I, I, I feel bad for Aaron Rodgers, though. You know, like watching him in that game, just seeing how pissed off he was, knowing that they should have been winning the game almost the entire time. If he would have just made the kicks that he's supposed to make, especially the extra points, you know, it's one thing to miss a field goal from 40 or 50 yards out, but you're supposed to make those those extra points. And yeah, they pushed it back. But that's the interesting thing, too, I think, is the NFL experimented with pushing the uh, extra points back and and it's working. You know, they're yeah, not what they wanted. Kicks. Yeah, exactly. Making it tougher. Absolutely. All right, guys, let's move on now to uh, get some insight from everyone's favorite clairvoyant Nostradamus. Nostradamus. All right, guys, let's recap real quick. Uh, Nostradamus's picks from last week. He, his, first, uh, his first prediction was Jags beat the Chiefs 21-17 because of the Jags defense. That was wrong. KC won 30-14. And Mahomes throws his first interception. He was right. Mahomes actually threw two interceptions. Um, he also had the Falcons and the Steelers game totaling over 70 points. That was wrong. It was 58. And two TDs going to tight ends. Uh, wrong, but Austin Hooper did have a pretty big day. He predicted that Drew Brees would break the total passing yards record in the first half. That was correct. Majority going to Michael Thomas and Tommy winning. That is incorrect, thankfully. And Traquan Smith actually got most of that uh, the work that game. He had uh, three receptions for 111 yards and two TDs. And lastly, he said Vince could not start a defense or a kicker this week, um, or last week, excuse me, and win. He was wrong. Vince actually lost. All right, Dom, what you got for us this week? Yeah, I feel like I really need to get some of these right or we're going to have to change this segment because no one wants to <laughs> listen to a guy. That, I think we uh, might have to get rid of the segment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But uh, so I'm going to go a little more conservative. Uh, my first one is Kiki Kote for the Texans has another great game. Seven plus catches, 70 plus yards and one TD. 
So I think in our league, Art, you need to start him this week. Uh, my next prediction is Joe Mixon is a top three fantasy back this week. 20 carries, 80-plus yards, and two TDs. I'm not saying if they're going to be coming from rushing or, or receiving, but he'll have four receptions as well. I think this is my boldest one of the week. Derrick Henry, for the first time, scores double-digit points in a PPR league. Ooh, ooh, that's a big one. I still don't think you can start him from his body of work, but I think that's it's going to happen this week. Next, I have Keenan Allen breaks out of his funk with 10-plus catches, 140 yards, and at least one TD. My last prediction is for our fantasy league, Tommy takes down the Brothers Bowl with a key trade, but a nice pickup at wide receiver, and it comes down to a shootout Monday night. But Vince shockingly goes to 3-3, even though he still has the highest point total in the league. That kind of refers back to what you're talking about, Tommy. It's it's sometimes the luck of the matchup. Vince has over 800 points, the only one in the 800 range, and he's only 3-2 and two right now. So those are my bold predictions, and hopefully they come true. Dom, I'm surprised you didn't have Julio Jones gain his first TD this week. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. I like that one. That's that's a good bold prediction. Maybe we'll make it Tom and Dom. No, no, you already had your prediction. <laughs> And I've been know, hearing that I one for one week. This get, week. You better be fifty percent right, man. If you're not fifty percent right, I, I, I think we vote that your uh, your segment is gone. Yeah, I agree. All right, guys, let's get into some fantasy football talk now. Hey, fantasy, fantasy. All right, guys, uh, my fantasy studs for this week. My first one was the introduction of Odell Beckham Jr. Finally had a big game. He had eight receptions for 131 receiving yards and a touchdown. He also had a 57-yard pass for a touchdown uh, for a touchdown to Saquon Barkley. And my other stud is Eric Ebron. He had nine receptions for 105 receiving yards, two TDs on 15 targets against the Patriots. Dominic, who do you have this week? Uh, my fantasy stud is the uh, receiver pickup that I mentioned for Tommy that's going to help win him. It's Robbie Anderson uh, for the New York Jets. The guy only had three catches, but he had two TDs and 123 yards. I just want to catch long TD passes, what he said. I'd like to see more receptions, but uh, Sam Darnold looked like he's got a deep threat. He's got a new walk for his possession receiver, and uh, the Jets look great for week one, and they look terrible the rest of the weeks until last week. So let's see how he plays out. But that was my fantasy set for the week. What about you, Tommy? Do you think Darnold told Robbie Anderson to go down to the light post? <laughs> go down to the Buick. And keep going. Turn and around. Throw, and I'm going to throw it to you. I think that was the speech that uh, Todd Bowles gave to uh, Darnold. Or- I think they just let, decided to let it rip, man. I think they haven't given him the opportunity and I think now he's like, at this point, they're like, screw it. Let's just start throwing deep. Donald yeah. can do it. He's done it in college. But like to your point, Dominic, I think he does need a little bit more targets. He only had five targets, but I also don't think the Jets are going to be throwing the ball that much either. So I guess five targets, if he throws it 24 times, that's pretty decent a target yeah, share. I think, I think as all deep fantasy owners, last year we had our eye on Robbie Anderson, and then in the beginning of the year, he didn't do anything. So... That's a good pickup by you, Tommy. And yeah, well, I, I think I drafted him because I, I saw, you know, what he did for Vince last year when he picked him up and it was great, especially at the end of the season. And I was hoping it would just kind of snowball on that and continue. But even last week, even with his big week, you saw Terrell Pryor get his first touchdown, yeah. uh, which is great for Terrell. But, you know, I guess the only thing I'm a little worried about with Robbie Anderson is just like you said, he had three catches for, for that many yards. And, you know, it's really touchdown dependent, but. But with a ceiling as high as he has, even though it's a really low floor, with bye weeks coming up, with with Michael Thomas out for me this week, I'm hoping that that yeah, that Robbie Anderson pays off. 
my fantasy stud this week, we kind of touched on him a little bit earlier, was TJ Yeldon. We had 25 PPR fantasy points with 53 rushing yards on 10 carries and then 69 receiving yards and a touchdown on eight receptions, uh, which was, in my eyes, like really impressive on the receiving end. Those numbers are in line with Saquon and Kamara, in my opinion, all year especially with the receptions. He's been coming up big for the Jaguars, and it's really nice to see see him do that because I've always been a fan of his way back in his Alabama days, you know, when he was started as a freshman. So it's great to see him, you know, getting the shot. And I think he he had the opportunity last year, and he didn't really take advantage of it, you know. And so Len Fournette being hurt this year, I think it's the right mix of, of a good offense or an offense that is struggling with its receivers a little bit and turn to its running game. And with Fournette being out, TJ's finally taking advantage of his opportunity. And hopefully he can keep the job or at least make a big enough impression once Fournette comes back that uh, he's either, you know, splitting carries a lot or, or hopefully getting traded to a team where he can start. Tommy, let me ask you a question now, because obviously Dom mentioned that Fournette may not be back for Week 10. Um, the Jaguars apparently just signed a Jamal Charles. Do you think Jamal Charles is going to cut into any of TJ Yeldon's uh, production? I think, if anything, he'll be a spell back for him and, and maybe get some of those third down, those third down plays, you know, as a, as a catching and running back running routes out of the backfield, but I don't think he's really going to cut into his fantasy production per se, especially because Jamal Charles has been out so much. And and when he was playing last year, he really didn't do a whole lot. So, you know, it, it's a good pickup for them because he's a veteran and, and he still has talent. I think he just saw a video on Twitter where he, he threw like a 60 yard pass to himself. I don't know if it's real, but it looked really cool. And, you know, the guy still has wheels. So I think it's a good pickup for them to, to add another element to the backfield, but I think it's TJ's position to lose until uh, until Fournette gets back. Didn't uh, the backup running back for whoever it is behind TJ? I think he went down in the first quarter. Yeah, I think he it's was Grant. Supposed to be cutting into yeah, thank yeah, you, Corey, Corey Grant. Grant. Corey Grant, yeah. yeah, he went down in the first quarter, so that opened up some more passes for Yeldon, and I think that had some to do with why they signed Jamal Charles. Just yeah, I definitely think that's what it was. Back. Yep. All right, guys, now let's go to the other end of the spectrum, our fantasy football duds this week. I got two guys that kind of disappointed me because I think people were pretty high on them. Uh, my first one is Doug Baldwin. One reception, one receiving yard, one target. I don't even know what to make with that. Like, I am, I, I'm shocked. I, when I saw that, I, just, I was like, oh, my God, is that Doug Baldwin? Like, it doesn't even make sense. And my second guy, I mean, it's a tight end. I know it's been a volatile position this year. But Vance McDonald, a lot of people had a lot of high hopes for him. He only had one reception for six receiving yards. Um, Dominic, Doug Baldwin, you're an owner of him. Are you freaking out at this point? Or, I mean, what are you thinking right now? The thing that was concerning to me was the Seahawks were passing. And that's the most, if they were running the ball and controlling the game, but they were passing the whole game. I think Russell Wilson had a pretty decent game. And you'd think he'd get more targets. And that's the concerning part. But coming off an injury, I think it's just a pitch count type thing. I still have high hopes for Doug Baldwin because we, we've seen him have a pretty good floor. So uh, I'm not going to hit the panic button yet. But um, I know you were interested possibly in a trade for him. So I'm guessing you're still high on him as well. And you drafted I'm- him still. Yeah, I was high on him, but then I heard today uh, Stefania uh, on uh, Fantasy uh, Football Focus, she gave a stat that I was pretty shocked about. Last year, the Seattle Seahawks threw the ball the sixth. They were this offense that threw the ball the sixth most out of the NFL. This year, they're they're the last. Wow. Yeah, it's a huge difference. So I think last year, obviously, with I think they're kind of committed to the run, I guess. They're not letting Russell Wilson, Wilson throw as much. So 
I mean, unless they totally change their, you know, idea of what they're how they're going to run their offense, I don't think Baldwin's going to be very good this year. I mean, I'm looking at Russell Wilson's stats from that game. He had 13 completions uh, off of 21 attempts for 198 yards and and three touchdowns. You know, so it's not bad. You know, especially on the touchdown category, uh, it's not a ton of yards. Attempts, attempts are attempts. low, though. 22. That's- well, and then, but then if you look at their rushing, Chris Carson, Mike Davis actually had decent days. You know, yeah. Chris Carson had 19 carries for 116 yards and, and Mike Davis had 12 carries for 68 with the tub. So I think uh, they were kind of like, you know, relying on their, um, on the running game a little bit, but, but even Russell Wilson's like, you know, relatively low passing attempts, he still finished with a QBR of 88.3, you know, so it's not terrible. He had a pretty decent day. It's just. Not fantasy not really, wise, probably. Yeah, but. right, right. You know, and so we always talk about that too with yeah. you know, players that are good in real life but aren't really producing in fantasy. Blake Bortles, man. <laughs> yeah. He was terrible and he was still like 26 points in our league this week. Yeah, it's crazy. So, Tommy, who are some of your duds this week? Uh, w- one player I got is, is Devontae Freeman. It was his first game back uh, from being injured and he finished with five PPR fantasy points. And, you know, that was from 32 rushing yards on, on eight carries and two receptions for nine yards. I know some people in our league have been high on him, but since I had him last year and I think draft him in the first round, yeah, he was my first round pick last year. I, I was really disappointed with how he finished off. And, and basically, in my mind, he's been a dud since 2016. I mean, he had two good years in 2015, 2016. That's what kept me away from him for this year. And, and he's just kind of proving that, like, you know, maybe he's just too small to, to be in this league because uh, he's, he's on the injury report again, you know, and, and so he just keeps being injured, whether it's something with his leg or concussions. And I get the guy runs hard and, and he has a lot of passion, but he's just his body's breaking down. You know, it's just not working for him. Do you think he ever gets to be the same running back that he was back when he was? Uh, did he get the rushing title one year? I think in 2016, 2015. I, Do you think he'll ever be that guy again? I think that, like Tommy said, I think it's being three years removed from Kyle Shanahan's offense. Matt Ryan was an MVP. I think that's what's hurting him the most. I think the that's new offensive point. coordinator uh, can't utilize him, or I don't even think Coleman had that great of a game this week. And the, the Falcons are throwing the ball 60 times a game. So, their offense is pass oriented and, and the running backs need to stay in and help pass protect. So I, th- I think it's an offensive coordinator situation. And I, I wish Tommy would have told me in the beginning of the year, not to draft uh, Freeman. Cause I did draft him. Luckily I traded him. But uh, Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think he's going to be a very low RB three at this point. Um, my fantasy dud for the week. I mean, it wouldn't be one of our podcasts if we don't talk about a Raider, but oh, since he God. torched me so bad last week on Fosberg's team, I got to talk about Amari Cooper of course, he's not playing me this week, so he has one target, one reception for 10 yards. Last week, 12 targets, eight receptions, 128 yards, and a TD. The hell is going on, man? I think you need to start him this week, and here's my, here's my theory why. First game, one point. Second game, 21 points. Third game, three points. Fourth game, 26 points. And then two points, so now he's going to have another big game. I think it's an even week. Yeah, yeah even numbers. Even week. Even week, he's he's going to go off, and then he's going to – I think it's a John Gruden thing. I really do. I think he's like, okay, this week we, – we talked about it last week, Steve. This week, I'm going to get Amari to go off. Next week, Jordy. Now we'll get Lynch going. Can we just put it all together? And, and, and thank God we got a win, but I can't, I can't believe that performance. Dude, I wish I had the tweet right now. Someone tweeted out this thing like, oh, I figured out Amari Cooper finally. And it basically was uh, the week that Amari Cooper did bad, Isaiah Crowell would go off. 
and then it would be the opposite. And it's been like that since week one. Like That's it's, weird. it's it's queer, it's weird. So they're like, oh, we figured out Amari Cooper. Like you got to play him this week, and don't play Isaiah Crowell this week. <laughs> Well, you know, I, I think part of that, too, is, uh, you know, watching the, the Raiders just kind of like loaf around and not have any sense of urgency, especially when they were down to even just get lined up and get ready for the next play. You know, they're just walking back to the line of scrimmage. Uh, Steve, I think you're right. Like John Gruden was trying to be too, you know, trying to be their friend. Yeah, I, I think, I don't think coaching, he, man. Yeah. I don't think he's conditioning them. I don't think they're they're He's trying to be a nice guy and he's trying to, you know kind of make it more of like a mental game with like, oh, okay, we're, you know, put all this crazy uh, offense in, but, but it's, you know, you got to stick to the fundamentals of being in shape and then running good routes and getting open and then calling good plays. He's just not doing it. I'm really starting to question if I, I don't think Gruden's in football mental shape yet. I agree. But how do you have one target for your number one receiver? That's on car to me, man. I feel like that's on car. And, you know, there's a lot of people like that. The same thing with uh, Russell Wilson. You know, like, how do you only give Doug Baldwin one target? You know what I mean? So it's like, I just, I don't know if they're trying to, you know, because of the new rules that more people are open now, you know, um, you know, they're going to secondary third reads. Um, But you would think when you have a, a number one receiver, I mean, perfect example, Antonio Brown, they're like, you know what? Antonio Brown's really freaking good. So we're just going to force feed him the ball as many times as we can because he's a, he's a lot better than everybody else, and we're just going to throw him the ball. I just don't understand why teams don't do that more. The rules are, are set up to help, the, to help the offense. You know, They're protecting the quarterback. They're protecting the receiver more. So you think they would just like sling it and let it go and see what happens. And I think that's why teams like Kansas City and the, and the Rams have been successful this year because they, they're doing just that. You know, they're just throwing the rock and then letting their playmakers make plays. All right, cool, guys. Now, last week I um, asked you guys the question of who would you pick up for the week? So who's your number one waiver wire pickup or maybe target, whether through a trade or picking up through a waiver? So uh, I'll start with you, Tommy. Who's your number one guy this week? Well, I mean, in our in our league, these guys are both taken. But at this point, pretty much any Eagles running back is worth picking up because JJ is out. Um, so you you know you got Wendell Smallwood or Clark Komet or even uh, Darren Sproles if you want. But you have all the talking heads out there in the fantasy football world just been nonstop about these guys, you know. But honestly, in my opinion, none of them are going to be real f- fantasy viable long term or, or anything more than a flyer against a good matchup. You know where you start them and you just start crossing your fingers, hoping that they go off. Free nuggets. But in our league, we we do have a couple players that are available that are worth picking up. You know, we have basically the entire Jaguars receiving core. Free nuggets. I think everyone in our league has kind of given up on him, but uh, Keenan Cole is is still a really, he's a good talent. He just hasn't shown it yet. And then I mentioned him last week, but Tyler Gabriel from Chicago is still out there and he's someone that, that is, I think is going to get more targets and catches than Alan's, Alan Robinson in this Bears offense. Free nuggets. What about you, Dom? Yeah, just a quick shout out because a lot of these good guys are uh, already picked up on our league this week. Devontae Foreman. Free nuggets. Miller's not producing. He's the Texans' backup running back towards Achilles, but he looked like he could be the lead dog there. And it looks like, Steve, you picked him up for the long stash. And I, I'm glad it's Correct. a spot on your uh, your bench. And same with Eckler. So. It'll give us more opportunity to get some guys. But another shout out to Matt for picking up Kai Fairbairn. Free nuggets. Uh, the last three weeks, he's been pretty consistent 12, 14, and 13 points. And then 
Um, the last one, I cannot believe Andrew Luck was still on the waiver this week, but after a 43-point game, John picked him up. So now John's got a solid backup quarterback, maybe some trade bait if a quarterback goes down. But the one guy I keep circling back to the tight end position just because it's so volatile. Uh, I traded for a tight end last week to help fill my Trey Burton bye week. But uh, if I didn't, I would have picked up this guy and it would have got me some points. Uh, Austin Hooper. Free nuggets. Like I said, Matt Ryan's throwing the ball 60 times a game and he's going to be matchup dependent, but he had 12 targets, nine receptions and 77 yards last week. A uh, reason I didn't want to pick him up is because I had Calvin Ridley and I started him. But uh, Austin Hooper is definitely a tight end worth looking at. Steve, do you got anybody? I think the only pickup I had um, for people out there would be probably Jameis Winston. Free nuggets. Coming back for, uh, off a of bye and coming, you know, to start. I think he's got a great matchup against the uh, Falcons this week. So um, that's my really the only guy I really have in our league. A lot of the waiver wire is pretty thin right now. So um, I agree with all you with all your picks, and I think it sounds good. So. Now it's time to hang out with our favorite commish, Tommy Mo. The Commissioner's Corner. So before I get into our game for this week, I just wanted to give a really quick update on the Vampire League that I'm in with ESPN. Uh, I mentioned it last week on the show, and sure enough, I came away with a loss. I gave the Vampire Matthew Berry his first win of the season in our league, and he decided to take Melvin Gordon. So he has... Taking Melvin Gordon and gave me TJ Yeldon. So at this point, I'm left with Saquon Barkley, Marshawn Lynch, Adrian Pearson, and now TJ Yeldon, which isn't too bad. I mean, Melvin Gordon's definitely a big loss for me, but TJ Yeldon, the way he's been playing, hoping carries me at least for a few more weeks. Who um, was his other running back? I feel like that's a great running back to get back right at this point. Sony Michelle. Yeah, and if you listen to... Um, their their podcast fantasy football focus he loves him some sony michelle so i mean and my team's pretty good in that league i mean i have aaron Rodgers, saquon barkley and then my receivers stefan diggs or uh or mari cooper so i mean it's basically between rogers barkley and, and gordon and, and he decided to go gordon but anyway so my game this week uh, for you guys is called start sit or trade and it's basically the fantasy football version of fuck mary kill so I'll present a few sets of three guys that you guys would either start at this point in the season moving forward at any given week that or you'd sit on the bench or you trade away for someone better. Cool. All right, let's do it. So for the quarterbacks, for a lot of these two, I don't want to pick like the big guys, the main guys, the one, you know, the ones who are doing the best. But so for this one, uh, for quarterbacks, I got Alex Smith, Derek Carr or Blake Bortles. Yeah, that's a good one. Go ahead, Dom. You started. Uh, give me the quarterbacks one more time. Alex Smith, mm-hmm. Derek Carr, or Blake Bortles. All right. I'm starting Blake Bortles. I'm sitting Derek Carr, and I'm trading Alex Smith, even though I don't think I can get any value for him. <laughs> Steve? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to – damn it, dude. That's a good one. I'll start Blake Bortles. I'll sit Alex Smith, and I'll try to trade Derek Carr. Because he has some good weeks, some bad weeks, but maybe you can get some kind of value from him. I'm not sure. It's messed up, man. You're going to trade Derek Carr. You're going to trade your it's, quarterback. It's fantasy, man. Fantasy. <laughs> All's fair in fantasy. What about you, Tommy? Oh, um, I would... I'd actually probably start Alex... No, I'm, I'm going to be the same as you guys. I'd start Blake Bortles. I'd sit Derek Carr, and I would trade Alex Smith. Did you guys ever think 
in a world that we would all agree to start Blake Bortles over Never. any other quarterback. Never. I think he was like a top 10 quarterback last year in fantasy, man. I picked him up at the stuff. end when Wentz went down and he got me 30 points a game. He was insane. It's so weird. It's such a weird, and that like a gun goes to show you that just because you're good, just because they're a good fantasy player doesn't mean they're a good real football player. Well, and also Derek Carr is the fifth, uh, fifth ranked quarterback in passing yards right now. So even after all that, we still aren't excited about starting Derek Carr. That's crazy. Yeah, crazy. I like this game. Keep going. So for receivers, then this one's a little different. I got Antonio Brown, DeAndre Hopkins, or Adam Thielen. Oh, damn. I'll start that one. First. I'm going to yeah. go with, I'm going to start Adam Thielen because I think his floor is so high. I'm going to sit DeAndre Hopkins and I'm going to try to trade AB because I think I can get the most by trading AB. So maybe get like a running back or a one or something. Yeah, but not uh, Melvin Gordon, right? No, not Melvin Gordon. <laughs> Hopefully the person that you're trying to trade with doesn't value court running backs as much. <laughs> I'm going to start DeAndre Hopkins because I think he's the best viable fantasy quarterback. I'm going to sit AB just because I have to, and I'm going to trade Dillon. Uh He's PPR monster, so I think I can get a good running back one borderline running back two, uh, maybe James White. I don't know. Well, I mean, Adam Thielen is the number one ranked receiver currently after we, five weeks. That's why I started him, Dominic. Yep. No, I know, but which is crazy. But we're talking about the rest of the year, and he's got digs. So, well, I agree, but I think you can get more for him than just James White. Yeah. No, definitely. I'm throwing that out there. I don't. I don't know. Maybe a Mixon, Joe Mixon. There we go. Uh, so for this one, I, I'm agreeing with Steve. Uh, I definitely have uh, starting Adam Thielen, sitting DeAndre Hopkins, and trading Antonio Brown. Uh, if you have these three, happen to have these three receivers on your team, uh, you're definitely good with trading any one of them at this point and starting the other two because they're all money. So let's go to the running back position, which is also interesting because one of these guys came up in the trade today. Uh, so we have James Conner. David Johnson and Joe Mixon. Dominic? Um, starting Mixon, uh, sitting Johnson. Hopefully he gets more production. And I'm definitely trading Connor. I feel like if you're a Connor owner now, you got good production out of him up through this week. And Bell's return is imminent. So to get the most value for him. And he still, even if Bell comes back, he still has value. So people will be willing to give up some d- decent receiver or maybe even a, a starting tight end. Steve, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going the same as you. I'm going uh, Mixon starting. I'm going to sit uh, DJ and definitely trade Connor. So for for those of you in, not in our league that don't know, I, me and Steve just pulled off a trade today for for me uh, to get James Connor, and I'm giving him Jarvis Landry. Uh, I'm not sure if Steve thinks he he you know got a good one on me on that, but I, I'm just going to say it. I don't believe any single report that Le'Veon Bell is coming back when he's coming back because every single report up to this point has been complete BS. It's been a hundred percent speculation and no one knows what that guy is doing besides Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell is super active on Twitter and has not said a damn thing. And until I see him say something that he's coming back, I don't believe he's coming back. Yeah, apparently there was some kind of letter um, Fosberg was telling me about that he he wrote, and I was like, maybe it was his agent. But I'm with you too, man. I think I was big on Connor even after Bell comes back, if Bell comes back, 
and then you know always have the injury thing. He hasn't played football in you know months, so he could get hurt easily in the first week. He's back, and then even if, for instance, you know with Landry for Connor, if Connor ends up starting the whole week, I think it's still a good trade. I mean, you got the value of a good running running back, and I got the value of a good receiver. So I think it was uh, fair overall. I, I agree with you, Tommy. You cannot believe any report because nobody knows. You know, Fosberg has Connor. He, he asked me, when do you think he's coming back? I have no idea. And there's never been a situation like this. And there's a big chance if he does come back, he doesn't want to get injured. And if he does, then he just gets his check and he sits on the bench. So, Oh, he I, definitely I get, doesn't want to get injured. I get both sides. But if he does come back week eight, I would feel like, damn, Steve got the most production out of Connor. And now he's getting one a decent receiver. You have the two receivers, so it's still, the trade makes sense. But... Yeah, that's how I feel about that situation. You know, it's funny. I feel like this whole year, I feel like even if Bell does come back, I don't know why I just keep picturing him like like breaking his ankle or like, you know, hurting his knee. I don't know, you know, because just what happened to Earl Thomas, you know, how he was, you know, pulling a hammer or something because it's just been that kind of year. You know what I mean? I could totally see him coming back in the first week, like a high ankle sprain, you know, something like that. So. I mean, only time will tell, and and like to your point, Tommy, no one knows what Le'Veon gonna Le'Veon Bell's gonna do except for Le'Veon Bell. So, and that guy we all know is a little crazy man. Well, and even the report that came out, I think it was last week from someone that is is a local Pittsburgh reporter, was that he was gonna split time. You know, that Bell and Connor were gonna split time, but that like I was just speculating, like no one told him that. He just talked to some guys in the locker room, and oh, that kind of made sense. You know, and he like not calling it fake news that he made up a story, but everyone's just speculating, and 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 no one really knows, but. I also heard this, that if he, the reason they said that he would come back after the bye week, because it's trade, his trade value would be a lot worse if he comes back by week 10, because there's really not much left of the season. If he does report by the bye week, then, you know, obviously he can get prepped for week eight and also will give a team more interest into getting him because he still has half the season left. When he came back from his holdout in 2017, it took him a couple of games to get into game shape, you know? So oh, no yeah. matter how good that he's been keeping in shape and yeah, he's Le'Veon Bell and yeah, he's amazing. It's still different. You know, we've all been there. One, those first couple of games, you're back. You're not in game shape. You're, you know, especially by the time the fourth quarter hits, you're done. You're completely yeah. gassed. Connor's going to be like, sorry to cut you off, Tommy, but Connor's yeah. going to be like Ecker to, he's still going to be produ- producing till yeah, 12, exactly. 14 points. Yeah. He, he's He's the best backup. Like Ecker in in the league, so and, and Big Ben just vouched for him too today. I believe he said that even if Bell comes back, Connor's been doing great, picking up blitzes, runs hard, has a lot of heart. He's you know catching well. He's like we can't just make him sit on the bench and say okay, I'll wait my turn. He's like we need to use that. We need to use that fire, and that's coming from Big Ben. And usually Big yeah. Ben, what he says, he gets what he wants. He wanted Chad Haley right. or Chris Haley or whatever the hell Haley's name is. Todd Haley. Todd, Todd Haley. Yeah, there you go. He wanted him out of town, and guess what? Haley's yeah. now the coordinator for the Browns. So yeah. if Big Ben wants him, but only time will tell. All right, guys, let's move on to some Super Friends League talk. The Super Friends League. All right, last week we had a couple of upset victories. We'll start off with uh, Jeebus Strikes Back defeating Arm Rogery, 118 to 110. We also had Dominic <laughs> defeating Matt, 136 to 110. We had Art in the upset of the week, I believe, 137 to 134, defeating Vince. We had the Godfather. Finally getting a win, 123 over stand-up Colin. And we also had the Mexicans defeating uh, Tommy's team, 172 to 138. All right, Tommy, who do you got for Game of the Week this week? All right, so the Week 5 Game of the Week, 
goes to Art Ceballos, the manager of the Expendables, for his stunning upset win over Vince's team, the Noble Savages, with a score of 137 to 134, sealing the victory on Monday Night Football as Chris Thompson shockingly outscored Alvin Kamara 11 to 6. So we all thought this was going to be an easy victory for Vince. I even called it my lock of the week for last week. Feel real stupid about that one. And this shows you that nothing is a lock in the fantasy season. So here to talk about his win is the man himself, Art Ceballos. What's up, Art? It's great to have you on the show. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, Long-term listener. Been a fan since day one. Thanks for having me on the show. What's up, Art? Hey, Steve-O. What up, Art? Hey, Nostradamus. <laughs> <laughs> so, Art, tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about this win. Well, guys, I mean, like you, I think Steve was the only one in our league that actually believed in me because I had Vince to win this one. Uh, ended up being really close. I mean, going into halftime, I think it was all tied up, and uh, I was just praying to God that, you know, Kamara didn't ball out like he knows how to do. But even though Rodgers didn't get the win, I mean, he, he balled out. You know, I had, uh, I think, just shy of 40 points for me. And uh, Minnesota's Vikings uh, defense, you know, they showed up too. I mean, I think they ended up having uh, two fumble recoveries and maybe even a touchdown or something like that. I think I, I think I texted Tommy or Steve or somebody in the league. I'm like, there's no way Art wins this, right? Question mark. Because Kamara and Thompson, I think you were winning by three or four points. But we all thought Kamara was going to outscore. It was it was an amazing victory, and you never know what's in fantasy. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think when it boiled down to it, it was only a win by like three, which I think might have been like the closest win in the week or something like that. Hats off to OBJ. I mean, he balled out for Vince on that game, and you know, overall, it was a really good game. It's just uh, you know, luck of the draw, really. Yeah, looking at your team from last week, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, what a great week to finally have a, a typical Aaron Rodgers type of game. You know, but then Cooper Cup kind of doing what he's been doing all season with 21 points and, and Julio Jones, you know, only getting 11. It's like kind of what Julio's been doing all year, too, you know. But I, I was shocked uh, mostly about the Camara thing. I, I can't, I know it was Ingram's first game back, but um, like I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, like where the hell did Taysom Hill come from? And, Kamara only needed 10 points and he would, and Vince would have won. So, uh, wow. shocking, you know, and, and, you know, besides your, your matchup, you know, the other game that was super close was, uh, stand up Colin versus Godfather. You know, he had the same kind of thing where it was what Adrian Peterson only needed 10 points to win on, on Monday night and, and just couldn't do it. So yeah, great. Peterson win. got hurt on that one, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah like I think shoulder or playing, something. But, um, yeah, it just, Knocked him out, you know, and and so we had really close wins. You know, like Art said, his was only three points, and and that other one with uh, Godfather beating Santa Collins was was a margin of four points. So yeah, really close uh, wins this week. I was pretty well, surprised that Dominic beat uh, Matt too, one thirty six to one ten. Matt's team kind of took a, a, a dump. <laughs> Brandy Cooks didn't got zero points. So did he have a concussion or something at the very beginning of the game, or was it at the end? Oh, he got knocked out. I didn't see that play. Yeah, it was. Uh, it almost looked like it was like old school Bam Bam Cam Chancellor. Uh, just, oh, wow. I forgot who it was, but he, yeah, he knocked the hell out of Brandon Cooks, and and yeah, he's in the concussion protocol right now. I think he's. The report was that he's kind of doing all right, but I don't. I doubt he actually plays this week. My uh, league league observations for the week: No team has started zero and five and made the playoffs in the NFL. Only one team has started zero and four and made the playoffs, and it was the nineteen ninety two Chargers. 
So seeing that it was the Chargers, Aaron, I think that's your team. So you still have you still have a chance, still have a hope. So that being said, we said the magic number was eight wins. So week thirteen is the start of the playoffs. So you need to win out. I think you can do it. I'm got hope for you this week. Let's go, Aaron. So does that make Aaron the front runner for the first two time laughing ass trophy recipient? So far. I'd be going to quit if that happens, man. <laughs> you know what? I will say Aaron has been trying this week, and I'm not trying to defend him or anything like that because no, 5 is going fine, but he's definitely trying. I mean, I saw him pick up uh, Brait and, and got rid of, uh, uh, I forget what, a running back, I think McDonald, who really um, screwed him last week. So he's trying. I mean, it's definitely just, uh, like you said, Tommy, sometimes with fantasy, man, you can have a, a, a bomb team and then you just get out. You walk into a buzzsaw and then all of a sudden you're like, damn it, I lost and my team played really well. I mean, that's uh, how I felt like I did with you le- playing you last week, Steve. Yeah, uh, no, that was rough. To a buzzsaw, I would have beat literally anyone else in the league except for you. I, I, and it's funny because I was looking at the teams and everyone was kind of not doing their projections. And, I, and then I'm like, of course, the two top teams are playing each other. And I feel like it, that happens so often. Yeah, that's the it's worst. Crazy. Thing. All right, you got any suggestions for some teams out there? Well, looking at the Brother Bowl this week, uh, kind of looking at, you know, Brady's Brown Boys. Vince fought it hard last week. Like I said, it was all circumstance. But, you know, it looks like we got our good old commissioner and uh, his bench on running backs uh, looks not so great with, uh, let's see here, who's he got? Uh, Collins on the bench. I mean, Buck Allen's just getting tons of work and uh you know collins is just falling behind he's already getting way less reps and i think he's only getting i don't know somewhere around two and a half or three yards of carry so i mean i think his production is going way down so i would suggest maybe making a trade well some people still like him would you trade alex collins and keep buck allen oh yeah absolutely i would keep buck allen for sure and then this week i'm deciding so far to start aaron jones in the flex with the monday night matchup against the 49ers uh would you sub him out and put in buck allen i think right now he's got the high hand and as much as are working him he's getting enough reps where he can definitely take advantage of that in our league especially since we got the ppr going free nuggets what's mike mccarthy's hesitation to play uh aaron jones i don't get it he's like the, he's clearly the best running back they have and he still doesn't play him so what was his quote? Uh, there's more to being a running back than just running the ball, I believe he said. Um, that title's running back, running yeah, back. I, don't, I, don't, I have no idea what that means. I mean, a, a lot of uh, the other reports I've been hearing is like, oh, Jamal, Jamal Williams is the better pass blocker. But I, I saw a stat where in the, the downs that Aaron Jones is in and passing downs where he is pass blocking, he's at 100%. He hasn't had a missed blocking assignment. So I don't know. I don't know if they're just slow playing it with Aaron Jones and, you know, because he was out for the first four weeks or, you know, just really trying to use all of his running backs by committee and not really caring about fantasy. I mean, obviously none of those coaches care about fantasy, but just trying to get his most value out of all the running backs he has. I mean, they still have time Montgomery too, but I mean, I'm with you, Steve. I don't understand why uh, they're not playing Aaron Jones. Dominic, got any free nuggets for anybody? I feel like we haven't given any out this, uh, this week that many. Yeah, I think my free nuggets again, I kind of pushed them down when we talk about the matchups. Just to finish up that thought on Aaron Jones, I, I don't think Aaron Rodgers likes to run the ball at all, and I think McCarthy is kind of the similar way. I think the Packers are always going to be a pass-first team, but to keep the the teams honest, they do need to run the ball, and I just don't see 
getting sufficient work from either back. And I think it's, it's a system thing, not so much what back is better and what back pass blocks better. That's just my two cents on it. I mean, it almost seems like a Packers thing. Like when was the last good Packers running back? Amon Green? That's that's exactly early two thousands. You know, probably Eddie Lacy that one year when he was uh, oh, still somewhat in shape yeah. before he ate himself out of football. Yeah. <laughs> so Dom, right. I have a question for you. What yeah. kind of uh, feelings do you have about maybe putting Ridley in over Baldwin at your flex spot this week? Um, I, that's a definitely a big possibility. I don't think it's a secret. I like to during the week. I think we all do put the guy who's got the highest point value. This makes in, us feel better in the slot. Yeah, it makes you feel better. That that number is always looming, but it's definitely going to be Ridley against Tampa Bay is a much better matchup than. I mean, Baldwin at Oakland is a great matchup too. But they had him at sixteen points, and then they they redid the stats today back to down to twelve. So it's a huge possibility. I like I actually like playing running backs in the slot because it's just more guaranteed. But all my running backs are pretty garbage right now, uh, as far as my, besides my two starters. So. That's a good free nugget for me, Art, but uh, it's definitely in consideration. Free nuggets. All right, Tom, you got anything to, else to add? Yeah, you know, one free nugget I have is kind of just to the league, and, and it's mostly just about trades in general. Uh, like you guys mentioned earlier, we got to get to those, those eight wins. You know, trading is, is, is one way to get there, you know, and I know people like to hang on to their players, and I know people like their players, but you got to look if it's not working now, you got to do something to change. I mean, everything with fantasy football is on a weekly basis thing. You know, I know we think about the whole season and, and where guys are going to be in week 10 and week 12, but it's all about that weekly matchup. You know, and, and like uh, you and I had last week, Steve, you know, it's all about who you're playing too. You know, I could have played anyone else in one, but it was all about who you know, playing you and just trying to beat you that week, you know? So trying to make those right trades is key at this point with, with such a, there's a lot of people available on the waiver wire, but there's not a whole lot of value there where you could start every week. You're going to pick up flyers or if someone gets hurt. Yeah. But not someone that's really going to have value, you know? And so that's like kind of like my rant right now on, on trades is, is finding the appropriate value for some of these players. You're going to have to give up some value. I uh, like our trade, Steve, you know, me giving you Jarvis Sandy. Yeah. Jarvis has a lot of value and it hurts me by giving them up, but I'm really hurting at running backs and I need someone that's really going to produce every single week. And James Conner is doing that. And like we talked about, even if bell comes back or gets traded or whatever, I still think Connor is going to continue to produce uh, at least in a way that's going to help me help me improve. And then is better than what I have now on my team. And I think that's what it's all about, you know, and yeah, you might give up a good player, but I, I think everything with fancy football is always improve, improve every single week. Try to get better. Try to make your team better than it was the week before. That's what it's all about. And I guess don't be afraid to take a shot. Feel better now, Tommy. Yeah, I had a rant. That sorry, guys. It was kind of like <laughs> building up in me for a couple of weeks, and yeah, I had no a couple worries, of good man. trades the last few weeks, or at least trades. So it was nice to just kind of hey, do man, that, it's therapy you know? class now. <laughs> I, got, I got I got a comment on that. Not to make the segment longer, but. I've had, I think, of the most trades in, I think, my analyzing my trades. When I offer guys two to one, like I'm trying to get a good a good guy off their team but get them two value, I think that's perceived as me trying to give two lesser players or, you know, get rid right. of my garbage. The more successful trades I've had is where, you know, two for two where, you know, the running back's higher and the their receiver's higher, and then we kind of balance each other out with the other two. So I'm thinking the two for one trades, especially in this league, aren't aren't very high and aren't 
but but there is a, that is a way to get value. I think other people think, well, I'm gonna have to drop somebody off my bench, and that that factor comes into play as well. So try for the two for two or straight up one for one trades. I think that's that's the way to go, especially in this league. All right, guys, let's uh, move on now to uh, blazing predictions. Uh, Art, you want to stick around and uh, uh, do some pickums? Yeah, sounds good to me. Blazing predictions. If Art goes five and zero, oh, he's not welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> he might. It might be Ars. What it Arsadamus now? Yep. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> All right, guys. Just to recap uh, the pickums from week five. Me and Tommy tied at three correct. Dominic had the worst week, a one only correct. So the running total right now for the um, season, I'm at 14 correct. Dominic at 14, and Tommy's leading us by uh, 16. All right, let's look at these matchups this week. The first one is Noble Savages versus Brody, uh, Brady's Brown Boys, the Brother Bowl. Art, why don't you start us off? What do you got? Well, I mean, it's no secret. Vince is a tough uh, competitor. He's... Uh Definitely had a scoring advantage mo- over most of his uh, adversaries, so I would have to take Vince on this one. Dominic, yeah, I speak to uh, I spoke to Miss Molio, and she told me this game will determine who becomes the executor of the will. So they got that going for them as well. <laughs> I think a little morbid. Yeah, I think um, Mahomes and Brady both play Monday night, so it's going to come out to a shootout. But I think Tommy's going to go into a lead Monday night, so I got Tommy on this one with a big upset. It's going to go to three and three but have the most points scored and it that ties back into our theme it seems this week that fantasy is about matchup and a little bit about luck and vote against vince's team with mahomes and um and kamara but i think tommy's gonna pull it out this week uh but what about what about you steve i think uh, i'm gonna go with tommy as well i think he's gonna put uh connor in as his uh flex um so let's give him a better uh better projection for points i also think that um you know marshawn lynch and Lindsay, a little volatile in production this uh this year and same thing with obj but yeah i think it's going to be really close and i honestly think it might come down to like you said monday night the quarterbacks who has the better game is might might take this one but i'll take tommy this week yeah i'm gonna go with myself this week too Partly because I now have James Conner and I'm just going to add nine more points to my projection. I know projections don't mean a lot, but I think it's going to work out this week for the reasons you guys are saying about Monday Night Football. And I think Lynch has a good, uh, good solid week in his revenge game against Seattle. But, you know, I don't think Lindsay's going to have that great of a game and, and Ertz might too. But for some reason, I just feel like OBJ is not um, playing on Sunday or on Thursday night football. All right, guys, let's move on to the next one. Jeebus strikes back, which is time to eat. Um, right now, uh, Matt is projected to win 136 to 110, but free nugget for John. He might want to play some running backs this week. Free nuggets. <laughs> I had the same free nugget. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Dominic will just try to start us off on this one. Yeah, I got Matt winning this one because of Matty Ice uh, versus Tampa Bay. I mean, everyone's been scorching Tampa Bay. And I think Hyde gets a big game against the Chargers. And then Kelsey shows Gronk who's the best tight end in in the nfl is at in new england so and then i also like you said john might want to put some running backs in how many who do you have i have time to eat winning this one um not because john doesn't have t- two running backs in but i think it's also interesting because this one has a lot of the guys playing on monday night football i mean he has kareem hunt travis kelsey i think he needs a, a one free nugget i have for matt i i don't know if brandon cooks is going to play you know so you might want to switch out your flex spot for Gosh, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe Eric Ebron or 
or Michael Crabtree. It's but funny, um, I saw Ebron. I would almost want to play him at tight end, especially that now that we know Hilton's not yeah. going to play. Free nuggets. Right. Yeah, exactly. Especially because T.Y. is not going to play this week. I think that'd be a really good move for him. But, you know, looking at John's team, you know, trying to figure out who he's going to start. I mean, Dalvin Cook, I don't think is going to play this week. You know, sadly, he's with Alfred Morris and Wendell Smallwood. That's probably his best bet. I mean, Alfred Morris is definitely going to get the lion's share of the carries with Breda being out. But, you know, it's definitely a gamble with Wendell Smallwood. So I I think, um, you know, John's team is a little hampered uh, this week. Yeah, he has Adam Thielen, but... You know, his receivers might be the only guys that really score a lot of points. And Matt's whole team, I think, could go off. So I'm definitely going to with time to eat. Uh, Art, who do you have? I got Matt on this one, no doubt. I mean, even after plugging in a few running backs, I think uh, Matt's going to go strong. Uh, Matty Ice is definitely going to ball out with that Tampa Bay defense. And, I mean, uh, Kansas City, I mean, they're just hot right now. Anyone Mahone gets a ball to is producing big numbers. So right now, I think Matt has uh, Kareem Hunt and uh, Travis Kelsey, so you can't go wrong there. I think he's going to go far over projection, and Matty Ice is going to go. I'm going to throw a number out there, 330 yards, and uh, probably four touchdowns. Jeez, look at this guy throwing out predictions, man. (laughs) I think he's trying to take your job, Dom. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to take uh, John in this one um, just because you guys all pick Matt. So that's my uh, logic on that one. All right. Next game we got is Mexicans versus Armed Rodgery. Art, who do you have this one? You know what? I'm going to be a little bit of a homer on this one. I'm going to go with Mexicans. Uh, you know, pretty much uh, just that. I mean, brown boys, <laughs> white boys. <laughs> You know, we're race war. No, honestly, guys, I mean, the real reason here is, I mean, Saquon's doing great stuff out there. Uh, I understand that they're going against Philly, but, you know, overall, you know, even though it's a tough matchup for him, uh, he's been putting up great numbers. And then, of course, uh, you got John Brown, who's been just pretty consistent across the board. Um, you know, they're matched up against uh Tennessee, which is a south defense, but I still think he goes over projection. All right, Dom, who do you have? Yeah, actually, um, no shocker here. I got Aaron in this one just because I want Steve to get his first loss. But uh, I think it's not even going to be close. I think he'll beat you by 15 points or higher. AJ AJ versus Pittsburgh. Cooper on an even week like we talked about against the Sea Chickens. And then Mixon and McCaffrey as a running back doer are going to be the second highest running back doer in the league this week. So I got Aaron over 15 points. Is that another Thomas pick? Yes, it is. Tommy, who do you have? Probably going to be wrong. You know, I can't believe that Aaron, Aaron's team has the most, has the highest projection for this week. I mean, most people are in like the 130 range, and he's easily at 143. This team is ridiculous if you look at it. I don't know it. if I believe it. That's the that's the it's hard part. Crazy. I don't know if A.J. Green is, is going to do that well against Pittsburgh. Um and even Christian McCaffrey. Well, Christian McCaffrey against Washington will probably go well, off. Washington's defense pretty good, though. Yeah, they're not. I mean, they play like shit yeah, against exactly. the Saints. Yeah, no, I, so I hopefully they bounce back from there. But if they play the same way, then you know I think McCaffrey's going to go off. So, um, yeah. And even though Mexicans does get better by getting Juice Landry on their team, I, I don't know who Steve's going to pick for his flex spot. I think that's still going to be up in the air, and he's going to struggle with that one, playing either John Brown or Mohamed Sanu. 
Um, so I'm gonna go with Arm Rodri in this one. It, it's just hard to to look at that projected score um, and, and not think he's gonna win. So part of me doesn't think he's gonna win, but like Dominic said, I really want Steve to stop winning. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna also uh, take myself. Uh, different from you guys. I think that um, I got pretty good matchups. I will say though, um, Aaron's team, his matchups are really good. I'm really nervous about Amari Cooper. Same thing with his running backs and even AJ Green. Um, but normally those um, AFC North games are usually low scoring, so I'm not too worried about AJ Green. Uh, but you know Carson Wentz on Thursday night against the Giants, uh, you never know. But I still think I'm going to take him. All right, next one is the Expendables versus Stand Up Collins. Uh, why don't you start us off, uh, Tommy? Yeah, this one's interesting because um, you know both teams are pretty much projected the same right now, one thirty three to one thirty four. So it's kind of a toss up. Uh, I think I'm gonna go. I think I'm gonna go with Stand Up Collin though with this one because I think Jared Goff's gonna have a good game against Denver. I don't think Denver's defense is as good as they were hoping to be this year. Uh, their sacks are definitely down. You know, even if Goff just has two of his three receivers, he'll still do good. Plus Ezekiel Elliott and Sony Michelle for for Stand Up Collins team um, are I think are gonna eat. I mean Ezekiel Elliott against Jacksonville, yeah, it's a tough matchup. But like you said last week, Steve, that, that's all they got. You know, the Cowboys, the, they only have Ezekiel Elliott. So they're so they, bad, man. Yeah, you know, and and the one question mark I have is is starting Josh Gordon against Kansas City uh, in the flex for Aaron. I don't know who else he would put there. I mean, Adrian Peterson's hurt, and you know it's probably his best bet. I mean, maybe uh, Allen Robinson, maybe Allen Robinson, or or even uh, uh, Kenyon Drake. You know, he, he got that big touchdown last week, so maybe that continues. But uh, either way, I think I'm going to go with stand up calling on this one. All right, Dominic, who do you have? Yeah, I'm in the same boat. Um, I'm taking Aaron because I think he deserves a win and needs a win. And uh, I think his team's getting better every week, like we talked about. And my same free nugget was uh, Josh Gordon went to uh, questionable today. And I think he should put Cameron Drake back in the in – because the, he had a big game last week. I think he had 21 points, and I think he can put two together. Free nuggets. So I'm, I'm picking Aaron for the first time, I believe, this year. All right, man, I'm going to go with Art on this one. I think uh, Julio has his not only first touchdown, but I think he has three touchdowns this week, and that's my bold prediction. Three touchdowns this week. Um, Also, Aaron Rodgers. Cooper Cup is solid, and Chris Thompson as well. I'm going to take Art on this one, although I do think Aaron's team looks pretty good this week, but I think uh, Art's team is going to be too much this week. Art, who do you have, man? I don't want to be the reason why they opened up the Bud Light fridge, so I'm going to go with myself. <laughs> I think Aaron Rodgers is going to ball out, do Aaron things, and white chocolate, that boy good. I like him a lot. He's got a great matchup. I think he's going to do well, uh, go well over projected, and uh, Aaron's going down this week. All right, guys, last uh, game of the week, the Godfather versus uh, Watson macking on my girly. Tommy, start us off. Ooh, uh, I'm going to take Watson's Macanomic early. Uh, I haven't even looked at the teams that closely, but I just, yeah, I, I don't think Godfather's team is that great. I know I'm still harping on that whole Juju thing, but Devontae Freeman, he has still starting. Uh, I don't think he's going to play this week, so yeah, maybe want like to smoke the Yeah, yeah you might want to think about that. Free Nuggets. um but i I think tj yeldon's going to continue to have a good week and 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 Gurley's by far 
the best player in fantasy football. So I think uh, Dominic's got a pretty solid team right now, as long as Deshaun Watson does what he's supposed to do. And, and he, I think that's been the most up and down player on Dominic's team. But he's going. Deshaun Watson's going up against Buffalo. So, you know, it's a really good matchup on paper, but you just never know with the Bills. But I still think uh, Dominic pulls it off. All right, Art, who do you have? I'm going to have to go with uh, Watson's smacking on my girly. I mean, uh, Juju's just balling out like crazy right now. He's got the hot hand. And uh, we got Watson, you know, throwing the ball out to Kuti. All right, guys. I got uh, uh, Dominic on this one. He asked me not to pick him because every time I don't pick him, he wins. So I'm going to go ahead and pick him on this one um, just because I think Juju is going to probably have a good game to kind of rub it in into uh, Jeff's face. And also Mike Evans and Todd Gurley, man. I, I can't say it enough. He is the best player in football. I love watching him play. And He's a scoring machine, so I got Dominic this week. All right, Dom, who do you have? Obviously, I picked myself this week, but like Tommy had a weird feeling two weeks ago. I have that weird feeling, uh, not because Jeff's team's any good, but because he needs the win really badly. But he's got two questionable guys in Freeman and, and Geronimo Allison, so I like my running backs, and so pick me to tie Steve in the record this week. Ooh. All right, guys, that does it for today's show. We want to thank Art for coming on with us and uh, joining us on the podcast today. And thanks for making us part of your day. As always, please leave your comments or questions on our Yahoo Fantasy app, or you can find us on Twitter. I'm at FBSavant7075. And I'm at TMO52 underscore. And I'm at YeastMode24. All right, guys, good luck in fantasy this week. Yeah.